This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. It takes a special kind of evil to prostitute and traffic a child for sex. And yet this evil walks among us every minute of every day. Consider this. Every two minutes a child is bought and sold for sex. Hundreds of young girls and boys, some as young as nine years old, are being bought and sold for sex as many as 20 times per day. Adults purchase children for sex at least 2.5 million times a year in this country alone. On average, a child might be raped by 6,000 men during a five-year period. It's estimated that at least 100,000 to 500,000 children, girls and boys, are bought and sold for sex in the U.S. every year, with as many as 300,000 children in danger of being trafficked each year. Some of these children are forcibly abducted, others are runaways, and so others are sold into the system by relatives and acquaintances. Child rape has become big business in America. This is not a problem found only in big cities. It's happening everywhere right under our noses in suburbs, cities, and towns across the nation. As Ernie Allen of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children points out, I'm quoting here, the only way not to find this is in, in any American city is simply not to look for it. Like so many evils in our midst, sex trafficking and the sexualization of young people is a cultural disease that's rooted in the American police state's heart of darkness. It speaks to a sword, far-reaching corruption that stretches from the highest seats of power, governmental and corporate, down to the most hidden corners and relies on our silence and our complicity to turn a blind eye to this evil wrongdoing. It's estimated that the number of children who are at risk of being trafficked or have already been sold into the sex trade would fill 1,300 school buses. The Internet has become the primary means of sexual predators targeting and selling young children for sex, According to one researcher, and again I'm quoting, one in five kids online are sexually propositioned through gaming platforms and other social media. And those non-contact or oriented forums of sexual exploitation are increasing. End of quote. It's not just young girls, folks, who are vulnerable either. According to a U.S. Today investigative report, and again I'm quoting, boys make up about 36% of children caught up in the U.S. sex industry. About 60% are female and less than 5% are transgender males and females. Every year, the ages of girls and boys being bought and sold get younger and younger. The average age of those being trafficked is 13. Yet, as the head of a group that combats trafficking points out, and again I'm quoting, let's think about what average means. That means there are children younger than 13. That means 8, 9, and 10-year-olds. And then there was another quote here that's important. There are minors as young as 13 who are being trafficked. This is America's dirty little secret. But what or who is driving this evil appetite for young flesh? Who buys a child for sex? Otherwise, ordinary men from all walks of life. They could be your co-worker, doctor, pastor, or spouse, writes journalist Tim Swarns, who spent more than a year investigating the sex trade in America. According to criminal investigator Mark Shatteron, these buyers, the so-called ordinary men who derive the demand for sex with children, represent a cross-section of American society, every age, every race, every socioeconomic background, cops, teachers, corrections workers, pastors, and so on and so on. 
America's police forces, riddled with corruption, brutality, sexual misconduct, and drug abuse, represent another facet of the problem. Police have become both predators and pimps. As the Philadelphia Inquirer reports, and I'm quoting, hundreds of police officers across the country have turned from protectors to predators, using the power of their badge to extort sex, unquote. And then you have the national sporting events such as the Super Bowl, where sex traffickers have been caught selling minors, some as young as nine years old. Finally, as I documented in an earlier column, the culture is grooming these young people to be preyed upon by sexual predators. Social media makes it all too easy. As one news center reported, and I'm quoting, Finding girls is easy for pimps. They look on social networks. They and their assistants cruise malls, high schools, and middle schools. They pick them up at bus stops. On the trolley, girl-to-girl recruitment sometimes happens. End of quote. Foster homes and youth shelters have also become prime targets for traffickers. Rarely do these children enter into prostitution voluntarily. For those trafficked, it's a nightmare from beginning to end. Those being sold for sex have an average life expectancy of a mere seven years. And those years are a living nightmare of endless rape, forced drugging, humiliation, degradation, threats, disease, pregnancies, abortions, miscarriage, torture, pain, and always the constant fear of being killed or worse, having those you love hurt or killed. This growing evil is for all intents and purposes out in the open. Unfortunately, as I've documented in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and its fictional counterpart, The Eric Blair Diaries, the government's war on sex trafficking, much like the government's war on terrorism, drugs, and crime, has become a perfect excuse for inflicting more police state tactics, police checkpoints, searches, surveillance, and heightened security on a vulnerable public while doing little to actually protect our children from sex predators. That so many children continue to be victimized, brutalized, and treated like human cargo is due to three things. One, a consumer demand that is increasingly lucrative for everyone involved except the victims. Two, a level of corruption so invasive on both a local and an international scale that there is little hope of working through established channels for change. And three, an eerie silence from individuals who fail to speak out against such daring evil atrocities. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.